Hello, beautiful souls and limitless beings. Welcome to the Shamanic Soul Sisters with your host, Maria Jingris and Samantha Shea, where the discussions are multidimensional, courageously imperfect, and dynamically empowered with wisdom, compassion, humor, healing, and love. Now, here are Maria and Samantha. Hello, beautiful, badass humans. Welcome to episode seven. Lucky number seven, Samantha here from Branches of Vibrational Healing. Hola, everyone. Welcome back. Maria here, also from Branches of Vibrational (laughs) Healing. We are so glad to have you aboard. We are. Today is another goodie. It is something that um, we feel everyone on the planet can relate to. And just like we've been doing the last few episodes, we're going to start off with a little tool. Rather than doing a little meditative state of breathing, um, we're going to give you uh, something you can use to support you with what we're going to talk about today. So you can either close your eyes or you can leave them open for this. But just allow yourself to just take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And as you do this, just bring to your awareness one emotion or one feeling that you're experiencing in this now moment. Breathing into your body, connecting to the element of air. Just be like, what am I feeling right now? Am I feeling happy, sad, anxious, gratitude, worry, fear? What am I feeling? And to do that without judging it as you breathe. And just allow whatever that feeling or emotion is to come to your awareness and just say, thanks. Thanks, body, for bringing this to my awareness. And then allow yourself to just gently shake your wrists, roll your shoulders, move your legs or your neck, and really just allow your body to process this feeling or emotion Something Maria and I have learned is the power in the body, the spirit, and the mind. And what happens when we're trapping energy within our body and we just keep on going and we don't become aware of what we're feeling, it sits stagnant in our body. When we allow ourselves to shake it off, just like an animal after it rains and they shake, they're shaking off not just the rain, but they're shaking off any tension in their body. Same with like a pet when they first wake up and they're stretching. They're stretching not just into their body, but they're releasing stuck energy. So no matter what we're feeling, whether it's a very positive, uplifting or emotion or a lower one, connect your body to it and allow yourself to shake it off, especially when you have anger. When you have anger, the worst thing to do is to trap it in because then it goes into your liver and affects the rest of your body. So every day, try and be aware of what you're feeling when you first wake up, because that emotion in the morning really, um, how do I say this? It affects the rest of the day. (laughs) So allow yourself, if you are angry in the morning or you're confused, you're stressed, shake it off, stretch, do a really big elongated stretch for your spine and breathe through your body, connecting to that emotion or feeling without judgment. The more you do this, the more your body will come online and your day will go smoother and you'll be able to process emotions more and be the observer rather than being stuck in whatever is going on. 
We hope you use this tool every day because it's been something that's really helped save us, especially when it comes to inner work and dealing with the external environment of stress. So we love you and we thank you for participating in this little tool. So shake it off, peeps. (laughs) Shake it off. Love it. Another great way to move that energy through you is dancing. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband and I dance. Well, he does every morning. I'm not quite as committed to it yet, but the more I do it, the more I definitely see its benefits. Because like Sam said, we get so stuck in our day-to-day and we've been so programmed by society to not feel and express our emotions that we trap them. And you've heard us talk about, you know, disease in the body. It's trapped energy. And I know for me, when I do energy healing, I can see in people's bodies where they've trapped certain emotions. Um, There's a there's a um, science called epigenetics and it talks about like how when the body traps these energies, certain um, diseases are formed in these organs because we have literally been programmed to gaslight our, our own emotions. And then we project that outwardly too. So today's podcast is about, it's about grief, um, the energy of grief and how it also relates to our heart chakra and the different organs in our body. Um, because I I think I had mentioned in previous podcasts that over the last six months, spirit had been really dropping grief into my awareness a lot. Um, and I thought initially it had to do with all of the deaths that have already happened and the deaths that are going to be happening as a result of, um, of COVID and also of the jab. So that's where my mind initially was when I was getting these very intuitive hits about adding grief into my coaching, you know, all of this stuff. And then that's when I found I was guided to this book. It's called The Grief Recovery Handbook. And this is what then led me to take that certification that Sam and I were talking about previously um, about a month ago. And I learned so much in this, even though I have a background in hospice and being a nurse. So grief is not something that's new to me, but the way they teach it is, is so much more empowering than I've ever learned it in the past. Um, those of you that are familiar with the quote unquote five stages of grief that um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross coined several years ago. While I understand her intention behind it, I never really resonated fully with it because I witnessed a lot of death, obviously, in my job as a nurse. And I didn't observe that everybody was going through those same exact stages or feeling the same emotions. Um, and Sam actually found a really good um, like definition before we jumped on to, to record this um, that I'll let her share about grief because it goes hand in hand with the description I'm going to give you that comes right from this book. So Sam. Thanks, babe. Um, so I was just looking up what are the different emotions and feelings associated with grief? Cause Maria and I do have a different perspective on it. And it said that many people equate grief with sadness, but grief is much, much more than sadness. We can feel a combination of emotions inside of grief and all of them are okay. It is the expression of grief that causes more, Um, effect on the body. These emotions are sadness, anger, guilt, joy, confusion, frustration, gratitude, hope, fear, numbness, envy, anxiety, and relief. So it's very interesting because 
when we're grieving something, we don't think that we can have gratitude. We don't think we can still experience joy, but it's a matter of how are we recognizing why we're grieving? What is the feeling and what is the situation? Because that affects how we go about the process and if we allow it to sit within our body or move it out. Um, And Maria and I, unfortunately, I experienced a, a very large loss in my life in December. And Maria was one of our like guiding angels in this physical realm. And it was my um, soon-to-be mother-in-law. And um, she passed very, very suddenly. Maria was able to connect with her the same way I did, but I wasn't able to fully be in it because I was too close. Now, every time she checked in on me and asked how I was doing, asked how my fiance was doing, all I could say was how much humility and, and how humbling it was, even though how effing sad and painful it was. I felt immense amount of gratitude. And Maria was like, I feel the same. And that is another layer of grief that we're not talks. It's like, well, how can I have this moment of happiness and joy when I'm supposed to be really sad, really angry, really pissed off at the world? And yeah, I was, I was those emotions, but it was, it was really allowing myself to feel everything and see that there's still gratitude. There's still something to be really happy about no matter how much shit is happening in the world or who you lose. And Maria will go into this because she's been a pivotal player in a lot of my (laughs) grief in the last few years. And I feel like um, same as I for her, but the same time she was getting grief and her awareness from spirit, I was getting forgiveness. So those go hand in hand. And it's something that we're not taught. I don't believe those are in the five stages. I'm not really fully sure. Okay. I'm not sure, but I didn't think they were. Um, So I, in all of my sessions, I was, spirit was bringing forth, like, you need to forgive yourself for this. You're literally in a, in a stage of grieving. You have to forgive yourself. And that was a hard concept for a lot of clients to wrap their head around, including myself. Cause I was like, wait, I have to give myself for like that situation. I didn't, how did that affect me? And it's like, when we don't process our emotions and observe them or shake them out or dance or stretch, they sit within us and that just festers. And I know it's a terrible word, but it's the truth. It's like a wound Mm -hmm. that festers. Yep. So. Absolutely. And I, I feel like too, it's it's an important time to mention um, because we're mediums, right? So we connect with spirit. And so when Sam was having a little bit of a hard time connecting with this family member that she lost, we both recognized that just because we're quote unquote mediums that can talk to spirits and connect with them, we're also still humans here. We, we came to experience all of the different human emotions and there's no more potency of emotions than what comes with grief. Because grief, as Sam just illustrated for us, brings up a plethora of emotions that can often be contradicting of each other, right? And so as humans, at least for me, I do believe that I am here also to experience grief because I've learned that in grief, there have been such powerful lessons that have come from that. So how can I learn those if I also can't embrace this human part of me that's here to experience that? 
And I feel like there is a huge misconception about mediums and us having the right to grieve. Um, Cause I've heard it in, in many different forms, but it's like, yeah, of course, mediums grieve because we are also still walking a human journey. And it's in that grieving of these things, these relationships, these people that we've lost that we can learn some of the most empowering lessons. So why would we bypass that, right? So when Sam loses somebody in her family, same thing for me. I just lost another uncle and I'm having a really hard time connecting with him in spirit. But I I understand that there is this period of time I have to go through actually grieving that loss. And my uncle that I lost back in 2019, who has been a pivotal part of my spiritual journey, kept coming through and telling me like I hadn't grieved him. And I, I, I was like, what do you mean I haven't grieved? Of course I have. But at the time I was still a hospice nurse and I was playing hospice nurse to him. And so I was very like disconnected when I was in the experience of helping him pass. I mean, I was literally the person that pronounced him. I was there with him. And I was, you know, looking back as the observer, I recognized I was in that very stoic nurse role because I was doing what I needed to do for him and for the family. But I did, I bypassed my own, my own grief of losing him. And he's really worked with me these last few years being able to see that. And so then grief starts coming into my um, my awareness a lot these last six months. And like I said, I thought it only had to do with like the death. And then it was like, no, grief is more than just losing somebody to death. And I'm going to share this very simplified description from this book, the Grief Recovery Institute, and how they describe what grief is. And they say that grief is the conflicting feelings caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern of behavior. So like that's that's powerful. I remember when I read this line in this book, that's when I was like, I have to get certified by these people. Can you read that again? Read that again. (laughs) Here we go. Grief is the conflicting feelings caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern of behavior. So people, (laughs) let me tell you, we're all grieving so many things in our life, um, but we're not because we're, we're we're basically taught not to express those feelings or to feel them. We're taught all of these very disempowering states and beliefs of um, be strong, you know, they're, they've gone to a better place. Like all of these things that intellectually make sense, but emotionally don't resonate because the emotions are telling us something different. The emotions are saying, feel this dear one, feel all of the feels that come with this because it's in you being able to feel that, that you will reach this sort of level of acceptance or appreciation or gratitude, like Sam was saying, but we can't anchor that energy into our body until we've acknowledged all of the conflicting other emotions that come up when we lose someone or something. And so Mm -hmm. when I started to do this certification course, they make us go through the actual process, which is why I wanted to do it because I'm not going to go teach or hold space for somebody in, in doing a method that I haven't done for myself. Right. So what I loved about this process is that it makes you go back through your entire lifeline up until this now moment 
of all the things that you've perceived as a loss. That could be a divorce. That could be a move. That could be losing a job. And these losses can also be things that we consciously are doing, right? Like I moved out here to Arizona. That was a choice to do that. Doesn't mean I still can't grieve what I left behind. Like, mm-hmm. and that's where we disempower ourselves and other people because intellectually, we're like, well, well, you chose to do that, you know? So as Maria is talking about with familial patterns, that hit me. And that's why I wanted her to read that again, because that is something so profound because we have so many patterns, patterns of behavior. We have habits. Anytime we stop doing something, that is when our ego is the loudest because it's like, no, go back and do that. Go back and do that. And when our ego is loud and sharing stuff with us to do, we can't, it's very hard for us to discern between our higher self and that loving, that gratitude energy versus that, that sorrow, sadness, resentment. And so when we're changing a familial pattern, whether it be someone in our life that's been familiar to us, or it's with our own, our own energy, just like Maria saying, making a choice to move, there's still a part of her that's like, wait, we're leaving all of this. Or remember how good it felt like when you used to go out and party. And I don't smoke, but this is something that came to my awareness, probably because um, Maria just coughed and it made me think of our lung and our heart chakra. People that are smokers, it is very hard for them to quit smoking. I've never been a smoker, but like my mom is one. And so this just like actually just gave me more, even more compassion for her. Um, So I'm going to stop giving her as much shit. Uh, But that is a pattern, right? That is something she does all the time. And so for her to stop doing that, there's a whole plethora of emotions that can come from that of a, why did she start smoking to begin with? Like, and then everything after that, years of things that that coping mechanism has gotten her through. And so that is a change in a familiar pattern that can quote unquote wreak havoc on our mind, on our ego. Mm -hmm. And that's why Maria learning this grief recovery is so powerful because it is, it is something we need in more ways than we even realize we need as human beings. Yep. Especially when AI is going to start like coming in and taking over everything. Like we need to be able to be able to process and know that it's okay for change. It is okay for change. Mm -hmm. Amen. And for me, when I did this certification and went through the process myself, that's when I was like, oh, this is, this is bigger than just being able to provide, um, you know, a modality for people to grieve their loved ones, you know, that die. This is, this is about the awakenings that we as a collective are going through. This is about me continuously having these like ego deaths is what I call them. And basically it's like what Sam was saying, all the patterns that I'm very conditioned and used to doing my whole life, these old sort of, um, fake versions of me that, that were created to survive in this, in this reality. So when I did this, this method for myself, I wanted to do my project on my grief around my disillusionment of the system, because I feel like that's what a lot of us are either currently going through or are going to go through as we start to wake up to the deceit and the lies of the things that we were taught and programmed to believe in, to trust. That's a very disheartening 
um, awareness to come to when literally everything that you thought was wholesome and for your highest and best really had an underlying agenda. That is, that's extremely challenging for us as humans to navigate. Our souls knew this coming down. Our souls knew exactly the game that it was coming into. But for the human that's been sort of brainwashed by the game, it's like, oh my God, this is, this is horrible. Like everything's been a lie. And so for me, when I did that, <clears throat> that timeline of all of my losses, the one that had what I felt was the most impact was my spiritual awakening and my continued awakenings that have happened as a result, because I am constantly grieving old versions of myself, old beliefs, old ways that I used to do it and stepping into this, this unknown and going about it a different way, because I know that those previous ways of doing it kept me in the past. It kept me in those emotions that I was literally trying to avoid or bypass. So I now understand that my my um, certification in this, you know, it's it's going to help such a widespread of people because it's it's we are all going through so many losses. Like when you think of what was life before the pandemic, right? Life was not what it is now. So even people that may not even be as aware of literally everything that's going on we at least on some level know that things are not quote unquote normal, whatever the F that even means. But I hear, you know, going back to normal, like what, what, what was normal, right? Like normal was like sleepwalking through our days, honestly. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we are all grieving what used to be, how society used to be, how, how our daily lives used to be. People are grieving their jobs. Um, It came up, you know, with, Sam and I in a previous podcast about how she had to grieve the loss of her job that happened over a year ago, right? And even though she knew it was for her highest and best, it still doesn't mean she doesn't have the right or um, the ability to grieve what she lost, right? And, And that's what I mean about like, we really need to open our hearts and have compassion for ourselves and other people with whatever it is that we're navigating and losing and stepping out of, because we are all learning how to show up differently for ourselves. And it can feel as equally as empowering as scary at the same time. Like it's, there's that duality and the polarity. And to me, that's what grief is. It is truly the essence of polarity in this existence. That's why it brings up all of those contradicting feelings because we can have gratitude for what we had with that person or that relationship or that experience, but we can also have an equal amount of sadness that that is not in our physical reality anymore. And if we lie to ourselves about how we're feeling, we're we're really just causing disease in our body. And I do believe that that's why I see so much unresolved grief in people's bodies when I do healing. And it's always in their lungs or their heart. And so when you think about it, when we talk about the heart chakra, where does it, lay, it where does it lay it's right in the center it's in our center it's in the center of the chest which is right over the lungs and the organ of the heart the two very potent organs that give us breath and give us life circulation so when our heart chakras are blocked because we're not giving our, ourselves that ability capability to grieve and to feel and to forgive as sam is saying 
it it creates this trickle up effect and trickle down effect. And it affects all of the other organs and all of the other energy centers. So it is so important, I feel like, you know, to really start allowing ourselves to really tap. That's why we are so big on tapping into the heart space because it holds so much wisdom. And it is that place of, of um, being able to tap into forgiveness. And as Sam was saying, she was getting the downloads of forgiveness while I'm getting the downloads of grief. And I'll share with you quickly too, just how we talked about forgiveness in this program that I did. And it that resonated with me so much because I'm somebody that has really tried my whole life, even before I started waking up like this, to forgive, to forgive. Like there was always that inner knowing of like, I don't want to hold on to resentment of, of people, places, things, experiences, because I I know that it it causes pain for me. But as a human things have happened, been done to me that are sometimes hard to forgive. And I, when I was in this class, they talked about how forgiveness, all forgiveness is, is it's a choice. It's a conscious choice that we make one day, one one now moment. And we say, all right, I'm choosing to release the pain, the trauma, the betrayal, the hurt that came from that experience or that person, right? I'm choosing. Now, just because we make that conscious choice does not mean that like overnight now we're just like anchoring in this forgiveness energy in our body. No, it is a process, just like grieving is a process, just like healing is a process. And to me, they all intertwine. So we can make that conscious choice and decision to forgive, but the process of it and actually feeling that forgiveness in your body, it takes time. So I feel like that's important for people to know because I think we're hard on hard on ourselves when we can't forgive something. I know I am. I, I've been trying to forgive something for over a year. And yet internally, I know I haven't fully released it. But it's like there's so many layers that I'm like, okay, I've released a lot of layers, but there is still part of that that still hurts. And I have to, I have to like forgive myself for not being able to fully forgive that situation. So it's it's not easy, but it is um, truly some of the most empowering tools to have, just that knowledge of like, you're not going to forgive things overnight. So go easy on yourselves. Go easy on yourselves. I've been sitting here for the last couple of moments since you said the word compassion, holding back tears because when we don't allow ourselves to forgive ourselves or knowing that we're even, we need to forgive ourselves, like that affects so many, so many things in our life. And when you said compassion and like with my job, I was just thinking about all of the emotions, which literally go with all of the combination of emotions that I read at the beginning that I was just now like an epiphany moment. And like, I had to gain another or actually really learn what compassion meant for self by allowing myself to process all of the emotions, right? Of losing my job, of not even that, but like every step along the way of wanting to be an oncology nurse and knowing I did nothing wrong and watching people die over and over and over again and watching like the headache of of everyone else like who's just trying to help people. And like my heart, when you said compassion, I felt my heart become like 
inverted, like my chakra, and then expand. And my throat filled up, my jaw got tight. And I was like, what's happening with my body right now? (laughs) I was like, okay. And it was like, boom, Maria just like opened another layer within you because the, especially with professions of service, you are constantly shutting off your heart chakra to you, but you don't realize it because you're always giving and showing up for everyone else that you think. You think you're you're giving that your heart's open to you, but it's not. You're just giving love to everybody else and not yourself or you're watching even cops, military, right? Like anyone who literally has to experience trauma after trauma after trauma and not literally process their emotions, you don't even have time to shake it off. Like you just go to the next call or the next room or, you know, whatever. Your heart chakra is literally like, like calling for you, but you don't know. You're so numb because you're in service all the time that it shuts off your throat chakra. So you're not able to speak your truth because you have to show up for each, each situation. So then it's going down into the rest of your body. And it's causing you to to live in fear unconsciously. And so when you just said that, my body literally had a full body attack of like, well, there's even more you need to forgive, Sam, about everything because you you worked so hard for so many years and didn't think you were smart enough to be a nurse. And then you got your master's degree and you still got fired for something that had nothing to do, had nothing to do with your intelligence, with your love, with your service. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with a system of control. And that broke you in a sense, but yet you found yourself. You found self-compassion and you've learned how to forgive other people and know that people cannot meet you where they can't meet themselves. And like, so it, it was just like, wow. And I'm I'm not sorry for getting emotional about it because like I realized I was still numbing, but I was allowing myself to, to feel and to process. And you've been a pivotal part in, in allowing me to like go through those spectrums of, okay, spirits coming in with gratitude and joy, but he goes like, I'm fucking pissed. (laughs) But all of those are needed in order to really realize like, I have a right to grieve. I'm worthy of feeling everything I'm feeling. And I'm worthy of sharing that with the world. And like, the more we just bypass our emotions, the more sick we get. And when I was just feeling it in my chest, it's like, that's why people have anxiety even more so than ever before. Because your lungs and your heart are where you feel the anxiety. And if you're always bypassing your self-love and compassion, you're literally going into an anxiety state. And if you're bypassing your truth, which is your throat chakra, your thoughts go crazy and you think that you're effing crazy or like you, you, it's like, and then you get the brain fog. It's just like, I mean, I've already known this, but you just saying this, I was like, holy shit. Cause like, <laughs> I was just seeing all of the chakras, like boom, 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 <laughs> grief forgiveness, love yourself, compassion. (laughs) And I'm like, why am I going to (laughs) cry? Legit. You, and you actually just opened up even another awareness to me 
Because it's funny, like you and I go, oh, we know this, right? Because we do. But then it's like, oh, here's another knowing of said thing that you think you know. It's like, oh, yeah, there it is. There's that other layer. But you're talking about anxiety. And I am somebody um, that knows all about anxiety. I lived all my life with anxiety, right down to many trips to the ER having panic attacks. Because just like you said, it felt so real, like I'm having a heart attack or I can't breathe. Like it it would get bad for me. And I have many, many years of being brought to the ED for that, which is super embarrassing too. Because then when you're there, you get that look from your own comrade, c- comrades, right? Like they, oh, it's all in your head. It's all in your head. Well, all of life is in our head. <laughs> That's the irony of it. All of life is in our head. We create it up here first and then we manifest it as a reality. But I'm listening to you talking just about anxiety from that perspective. And it just helps me have even more compassion for myself and understanding of why I was such an, a ball of anxiety all the time. Because like you, I was in jobs that were of service to humanity. Before I was a nurse, I was a CNA. And so it's it's like I just how you explain that. I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. We're so open to giving that heart and love and compassion to everybody else and yet denying it to the one person that really needs it the most. Because when we give that to ourselves first, we don't have to try so hard anymore. Like there's no trying to give compassion and empathy and love to people. It literally just pours out of you because it's you're doing it for yourself. And that's why I feel like, you know, doing this business and doing nurse coaching, health coaching, and and the readings and the healings, all of it feels so much more empowering to me than I ever felt as a nurse. Because in in the system, I I recognized I was really just feeding people's disempowering beliefs. I was feeding their beliefs and their disease. I was actually helping them give their power away. Of course, I didn't know that at the time. But it's like now that I know that and I can look back, it's I'm doing the opposite in in this realm. Now I'm teaching people how to move through those limiting beliefs and adopt expansive ones, limitless ones. So doing this work doesn't ever feel draining to me, ever. Mm -hmm. And even though I am working with people that are sharing some of their deepest, darkest things and their traumas, I'm not taking it on. It may, it, in fact, it often mirrors a lot of the same stuff I'm going through. So I, I learn through their journey as well. But it's not draining to me in the sense that nursing became draining because I was in this, you're in this toxic, sick environment. And that's, that's literally the reality. That's everybody's reality there. So of course I was becoming exhausted and then not giving myself the love and compassion when I would leave work it's like, oh, just shove it down and like up oh, onto the next, onto the next, onto the next. And that's what my uncle was really trying to show me after he had passed is that I was so like stoic in nurse mode that I wasn't allowing myself to be his niece because I felt I needed to show up for the family. I was the only one in the family that had this background, this knowledge, and I loved him. Like it also came from an immense amount of love. I wanted, I wanted to be there for him. But I, at the time, was not recognizing that I was pushing my human aside to show up. And then after he died, it was like I almost had adopted that disempowering belief of like, well, he's in spirit. I can just talk to him there, right? But it's it's not the same, people. It's still not the same. It, it's still – you still miss the physical interaction with that person. You still miss 
pieces of the relationship that were maybe incomplete. And that's a lot of what we cover in that grief recovery method is that we are all grieving different. We grieve differently because our relationships are very unique. Just because we all, you know, Sam and I both have a mother, a father, right? Doesn't mean that our relationships with our parents are the exact same. They're not. We're we're unique individuals. And so we create unique relationships. So when we're grieving the loss of someone or something, it's we're really grieving this incomplete in that relationship. And so it's very disempowering to compare compare losses, just like you hear us talk about. We we don't compare trauma. We don't compare anything. Like that is all ego driven, and it just continues to feed that that separation and and that divide. And oh, you have it better than I do. You have it worse than I do. Like it's it's just so disempowering. It's like why can't we just honor where we as individuals are. Why can't we just honor that? And honor it meaning acknowledge what we're feeling in every now moment, being real about it and allowing ourselves to express it. That's how we move it through us, but we we're so like walking on our own eggshells all the time. Like, oh my god, it, it's it's wild. No wonder why we're all anxious. Shit. <laughs> and um so it's interesting cuz I had written this last week, but I just saw it. Grief teaches us that we don't have control over things like we think that we do and we begin to feel unsafe. (sighs) Yeah. And it plays back into feeling safe because patterns, patterns of behavior and things that we're used to doing all the time, it keeps us safe. It keeps us in our comfort zone. That's what it does. And I'm having another epiphany like we always do. Like, Last Saturday um, in the morning, if any of you guys follow me on Instagram, I tried posting this video a couple of times, but I guess my ego was like not posting the whole thing, but I wasn't feeling good all week. And in the, that the night before I was supposed to do a fair, a new fair, very out of my comfort zone of like the location, had no idea who they were, blah, blah, blah. I was like, spirit, if I'm supposed to be going tomorrow, please allow me to wake up feeling good and clear. I did. I woke, I was like, wow, that worked. But I was ready to release it and spirit knew I had to show up for something. As soon as I got up, I felt great. Went to take a shower. The shower was cold. I was like, whatever, I won't take a shower. But immediately as I started to like get ready and excited, my little ego was like, nope, don't do this out of your comfort zone. Remember, you're sick. You didn't feel good yesterday. It was like talking me out of it because something about the environment, quote unquote, felt unsafe because it was unknown. Anytime we're going to do something that feels unknown or we're about to make a change in a behavior and a habit, that's why they say it takes at least 21 days, your ego gets so strong because it's such an uncomfortable feeling. And that's why we stay in this like disillusionment of things. We, we play small because we're afraid of stepping into something more, which is really stepping into our power. So that's also affecting our heart chakra because it's affecting our lower chakras. We're in fear of loving ourselves and sharing ourselves and knowing that we're worthy to be confident in ourselves. And even though Maria and I love what we do now, like we love it. I wouldn't change a thing about our lives now. Um, And what we do, we still get nervous about doing new things or or going into unknown territory, even though we love what we do because of those parts within us that are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Remember all those years you played small? Mm-hmm. Remember that was safer. It's like, yeah, but that wasn't making me happy. 
So I just wanted to bring that up because there's so many emotions with that. And like our prefrontal cortex and our brain literally control like our, our joy, our concentration, our sleep habits, everything in our body. And it's powerful. So when you can like learn to connect and be aware of, okay, well, why, why am I now trying to tell, convince myself I'm sick? Why? Oh, cause I'm afraid of joy. Oh no. Remember joy feels good. And so I, that morning I shook it out and I danced and I stretched and I said, come on body, all parts on board. Let's shake out this thing, this, this feeling. Cause that's all it was, was a feeling that we're not supposed to show up today. Like we're shaking it off. And I, we did. And I showed up and it was a great freaking day. But I was like, wow, how sneaky. Because in all the years, I also needed to forgive myself for playing small because I was afraid of stepping into my worth and my power and sharing that. Sharing love with people when you love yourself is actually scary. Boom. Exactly. It is. <laughs> exactly. And how you were saying too, I, you know, having those sort of contradicting feelings, it's funny because yes, we love what we do, but it's still as, as we step out of comfort zones, it's still scary. And perfect example, she starts the podcast about, you know, pull in whatever energy emotion you're feeling. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm feeling nervous. Like, cause we're about, cause we're recording right now. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, this is our seventh one. Like I'm, I'm like used to this. I got this down, but yet that's literally what was coming. It was nervousness. And I'm like, and I know it's cause we're recording like how, how, manipulative, honestly, like the mind is. Cause I'm like, oh my God, why am I nervous? Like I, like I'm used to this now. Well, I've got nothing to be nervous about, but yet that's what was coming up. So I'm like, all right, I'll honor it. I know, I know where it's still coming from. And it's what you said. It's because I've lived the majority of my life playing small. I never in a million trillion years would think that I would have a podcast ever, <laughs> ever. I literally just said this. I said this to my bestie the other day. And then I said it to my husband this morning. Like I didn't go looking for a po- like the podcast found us. Like we didn't, we, we weren't like looking for it. You know, Sam and I had been making videos. She had made a lot more than I had, but I started stepping out of my comfort zone last year and doing some YouTube videos. But like, I wasn't in a million trillion years. We didn't think I'd have ever podcast. I'm like, what do I have to share with people? Even though, even though there's a big part of me that knows I have a lot to share with people because mm-hmm. I do what I do and I get that feedback from my clients. So like, I know that. And it's just, it's funny because, you know, so the podcast found us, which that's how I knew it was guided by higher self. Cause it was like, okay, stop playing small, like get out there and share your voices. You have a lot to share with people and you don't have to, it doesn't make you cocky. It doesn't make you, cause there's that, I have that belief that like, if I'm confident, then I'm, then I'm arrogant. And like that, that's such a limiting belief that like I, I toy with all the time as I do start to feel more worthy because it's not an, it's not a, it is a natural feeling. It's just not for my human in this avatar. It's not a natural feeling that worthiness because I've been brainwashed and programmed to literally feel the opposite most of my life. So as soon as I start feeling that a little bit, that's where my ego will come in and be like, mm a little overconfident, a little cocky there. And it's like, oh my God, am I? Like, I'm not trying to be like that. I just want to be humble, you know? And it's, it is, it's just wild. Yeah. And that's grief. You, part of you that when you're immediately saying to your, to your mind, your ego, whatever those parts are, all of ourselves, the human, human mind, when you're telling like, hey, 
like be quiet. Like we have, we have something to share. That's a small example of how you have to grieve because that part's like being shut off. That's been in the driver's seat. Right. And, but it's like, it, it happened since we've acknowledged this through like inner work and, and knowing that when we're going through something, people, the worst thing we can do is act like it's not happening and deny our feelings and not talk about it. Like I will walk around, even I'm walking my dog, I will talk out loud to myself and I don't care who looks at me funny. Cause it's like, if I'm not getting it out of my body, whether it be through journaling, dancing, just talking to myself, like, and, in in having this dialogue with myself to really process what's going on, it's staying inside. And I'm, I'm actually ignoring it. When we ignore what we're feeling, we're telling ourselves and all of our parts, we're not worthy to be heard, to be seen, to be expressed and shared with the world. And the second you start allowing yourself to journal, like journaling, even though it's with yourself, it's vulnerable. And it's you putting time into yourself to express. So that's why some people are like, that's kind of annoying or I've gotten past it. Because we think like, oh, we have all these thoughts. I don't need to journal it out. But when you start journaling it or saying out loud to yourself things, you're like, holy shit, that's what I think. Or these wonderful ideas come through and you're like, you start to have more compassion, more understanding and understanding of others and yourself. But it's, that is a form of also grieving and processing. I feel like grieving is really processing our emotions. Yep. That's what it is. And it's, I agree. It's the changes, right? Like yep. mourning, I feel like is definitely more of my personal opinion, more of when someone dies, right? Like Mourning is the outward expression of our internal grieving of some change. And so if mourning for you is punching the air or screaming or like rocking out in your car, do it. Because that's showing your internal parts, hey, I love you and I'm accepting all of my emotions right now. And I'm accepting the changes, whether I like them or not. I'm accepting them. Because when we learn to accept rather than deny and push away or act like it doesn't happen, which is denial, but um, things, it's it's like you find this new sense of being and you're like, oh, it's okay. Like, you know what I mean? And that's uh, where yeah. like the, the, the five stages of the whole grieving thing, like with, with my mother-in-law like passing, um, I, it was like, and me and my fans were talking about this, like we were noticing that we were doing all of the stages at the same time each day. Like it wasn't like, oh, this is how long you're angry. This is how long you're in denial. Absolutely bullshit. Like, no, because the more you allow yourself to process and, and rather than be pissed that like the situation happened, which that does happen, like you get pissed, but it's like, all right, but why am I pissed? And then you go into these, these thoughts and these stages but you're allowing yourself to express them and process them. You're allowing. And so the stages happen much quicker, but in many layers. Like it's, it, you know what I mean? Right. Like there's right. not a timeline. It's exactly. It's exactly how I described the quote unquote healing process. It's not linear. Just mm-hmm. because there's stages doesn't mean we go through them in a linear fashion, meaning stage, oh, I finished stage one. Now I'm on stage two. Like that's all intellect. Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you're looking at it from that lens, you're trying once again to use intellect 
to solve an emotional experience. And this is why I, I feel like that heart math, the heart brain coherence is such an important tool to have and, and to use because that's what gets the heart and the brain kind of on this sort of similar frequency and speaking the same language because the brain is always trying to make sense of things because we live so much in that analytical side, the left side of the brain. So when we're analyzing things, why are we doing that? Because we're trying to make sense. We want things to make sense to us. We want evidence. We want validation. But the heart is just the heart. It just allows itself to feel everything. There is no, there's no sense when we're talking about emotions. Emotions are just emotions. They're just an energy that comes as a byproduct of experiences in our life. But because we've spent most of our life not allowing ourselves to really feel them and acknowledge them and express them in healthy ways, that's when we start to become those emotions that we're literally trying to not feel. And I, I can use anger as an example for this. Like mm. I anger is something that I have judgment around, the energy of anger. I have judgment around anger. I've released a lot of it, but I know I still, because I just went through a period of like feeling a lot of anger again and there came the judgment. So it's like, I have this judgment around anger just because of my past experiences of being on the receiving end of anger. So what did that cause me to do a lot of my life was like suppress my own anger, thinking it made me a bad person if I, if I was angry. Like I was judging myself like, oh my God, anger is a bad emotion, right? That's the other thing we have to stop doing is labeling emotions as good and bad because Again, it's just disempowering and it's a label. And when you start to understand energy, there is no good or bad. It's just what it is. It's just energy. So the more I was judging anger and trying to not feel anger or not be angry internally, I was becoming very angry. And I know for me, that was a huge part of what caused a lot of my autoimmune diseases. I, I know it was because once I started to have that awareness and move through a lot of those layers of anger, oh my God, all of a sudden, my symptoms were significantly minimized, like significantly. And this was before I started changing my diet and all these other things. Like this is this is how I started to learn how detrimental, but and, and also um, impactful or impacting emotions are on our, on our everything. And it was like, I spent so many years trying to like tell myself I'm not angry, like lie to myself, deny, as Sam's saying, we, we deny, we deny, we deny, because that's what the ego does to keep us safe and, and not feeling these uncomfortable things. So I spent so much time that internally I was becoming so angry. I'm like, oh, so now I'm becoming the energy that I'm trying to not feel express acknowledge. Now I'm actually becoming that emotion. And that's, that's what happens to all of us as humans. You know, people that are labeled with depression and they're depressed. That's just sadness that hasn't it also grief that hasn't been allowed to be processed by the body, by the mind and, and released and expressed. So it's, then we, we come up with a, a disease, a label and people uh, I'm depressed. That's the other thing. We need to stop saying I'm or I am emotion mm -hmm. because that I am statement is an, it's so powerful. It is such a powerful phrase to use. I've learned to now say, I'm feeling angry. 
I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling anxious because I am none of those emotions. But the more I say that I am, I am creating that reality and I will become that emotion eventually because it's, that's what I'm believing. That's what I'm putting out to the universe. Like I, I'm angry. So now I become anger, right? It's instead of just going in this now moment, I feel rage. (laughs) I feel a lot of rage right now. I feel a Mm -hmm. lot of anger and it's like being okay with not being okay. You hear that a lot, but it's, it's so true in this entire process. We have to start getting okay with not feeling okay all the time, because that's actually what's going to help us to feel okay. I love that. And because you say, I am feeling, that is expression. That is allowing your parts to have a right to feel worthy to be to be shared. And when it comes down to communication, when you have other people in your life, just like Maria said, we all process differently. Like there's not one right way to process. I feel like something that a lot of us could work on is projecting when we're processing. But the one way to work on that is say, I am feeling this. And it's not because of you. It's, it's, I'm feeling this and I just need a process. Like I'm feeling this because that is being honest, vulnerable. And that actually, even though at first it might sting the other people that you're saying that to, because they have their own shit to work through, it is giving yourself more, um, autonomy to, to, to be you and to say, I am feeling effing mad. Like I, I am feeling this, like that is powerful because and you're telling the person, so they're not like, what's your problem? It's like, I am feeling this. It's not because of you. So I just want you to know. I don't know how long it's going to take me to process this, but that's what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. The more we express with other people who are really familial to us, that are with us, the more they can have compassion for themselves because they don't think we're projecting on them. And we have compassion for ourselves because now we're giving ourselves a voice and to know that it is okay to feel this. I was never the nurse that that would be like, oh, it's okay. You're just vomiting and shitting your pants on. That's okay. It's like, no. You'll be okay. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, I know, but I'm not right now. So can we just honor that I'm (laughs) purging from every orifice? (laughs) Yeah. And then that's also like a form of like grieving because that person's angry. They're embarrassed. They're like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Like, and then they're trying to like, whatever. And it's like, it's not, you're right. The situation's not okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you feel. Like, let it out. Like, because mm-hmm. the more you trap it in, the more your body is going to respond and your your organs that are associated around your chakras will be affected. I promise you that. Mm-hmm. The more we hold in our feelings and our emotions and don't give ourselves the um, the honor to express, our body will express for us in ways that we wish <laughs> We just shared and spoke. That's for sure. Exactly. We have to give it, it comes down to giving it a voice. Everything Mm -hmm. in us wants a voice. And it's it's no um, coincidence that this entire society has throat chakra issues. I thought just Mm -hmm. me when I started, no, everyone has imbalances in the throat chakra. You know why? Because that 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 is the seat of our voice, right? And so if we are gaslighting ourselves and gaslighting everybody else about how they feel, how they should feel, how they shouldn't feel, and trying to solve all of our emotional experiences with intellect, 
we're shutting that voice down. And that voice literally just wants to speak and be heard. So here we are on a podcast sharing our voices Mm -hmm. and we invite you to begin to start sharing your own voices in your everyday today, find a safe space, find therapeutic ways to shake it out, move it out, speak it out, sing it out, talk it out, whatever works for you to help you to start to honor everything that you came as a human to feel. Yes. And we're um, throwing our first festival, Spring Awakening. April 1st in Arizona. We'll put the link below along with our YouTube and our other links. If you're ready to also just dive in with the tribe, share your voice, know that there's no judgment here in our corner ever. Like this is a very expansive loving corner. And we just want to share all of this love with all of you. So we'll put all of those links below. We hope you check them out. If you want to be a vendor or anything, let us know as well. You have until the 22nd of March. We love you so much. Shake it out love yourself. And it's okay to grieve people. It's okay to feel. (laughs) It's okay. Amen. It's what we came to do. We love you. And we'll see you all on the other side. We appreciate you so much for listening to today's episode of Shamanic Soul Sistars. We hope you continue to tune in weekly. We trust that you received what was most needed for your highest and best with today's episode. Remember, you are limitless and to pause each day to take a couple of moments for you. You are worthy and wonderful just the way you are. Thank you again and see you on the other side.